The Eater Uprising is history for us. Until the Denver outbreak this past month, there had not been a reported necroambulate sighting in the Western Hemisphere for nearly 30 years. Pervasive assimilative immunonecrosis was supposedly like smallpox or human immunodeficiency virus, a relic of a medieval age. Students read about Kenneth Peters as a legend, a hero from that dark time when the walking dead ruled the earth. You can see him in the historical podcast looking almost embarrassed by the praise he receives for being an architect of our new society. He doesn't do interviews anymore. He has politely rejected awards from the Brotherhood, including a knighthood from the Ministry of Purity, and has been in seclusion, battling an unspecified degenerative disease for the last two years. Kenneth Peters watched the world burn. He is one of the few survivors of that toxic age when the environment was almost as lethal as the eaters. He knew many of those military and scientific minds who brought us through that time. Names like McInnes and Grant, Garrison and Rage, the Militia and the Brotherhood. You cannot tell the story of H.G. World without knowing the name Kenneth Peters. But he would be the first to tell you he was no hero. He is almost proud to remind us all of a time when men like him did terrible things, just to stay alive. This is his story and how he met, confronted, and eventually thwarted the legendary Gujis. What's going on back there, man? I drive, I don't think. We do an hour there, we drop the load. We deadhead back an hour and collect our pay. Just remember that this is as free as you're ever gonna get along this strip. If you stop and another driver sees, you're fucked. If you ask about what's in back, you're fucked. If you think about taking this rig off the road, try to bust through one of those barriers at the exits. I'm fucked, I get it. I, I mean, it sounds like they're fighting. There are people back there to deal with it. Uh-huh. Hold on, lady. It'll all be over soon. I fucking hate this part. What the fuck, man? After a few runs, you'll edit all that out. Yeah, you seem to be able to. That's why we got us a CD player. Keep an eye on the road, shotgun. We're almost there. Martinsburg Terminal. This is Hagerstown 245. We're about two minutes out. Requesting bay assignment. H245, you can back into bay 14. What's the condition of your cargo? Well, they're still kicking. It'll be about an hour without intervention, I'm guessing. We're still expecting traffic tonight from Baltimore and Cleveland. We'll have to expedite the drop. Understood. I've got a newbie here who should see it. We're coming in. Be advised. Keep an eye out when you hit the last overpass. We've had issues with bandits. You hear that, shotgun? If you see anything inside the perimeter on an overpass, you fucking kill it dead. You don't need to be so fucking dramatic. If something shows, I'll deal with it. But you can be clear that if you talk down to me like that again, Mary, you won't be able to shift this rig. <laughs> yeah, sure, kid. We can settle that before we head back. It'll take about ten minutes to clean out the container. I could fuck you up bad in five. Here's the gate coming up. Where's the facility? 
This looks like a construction site. It's Martinsburg Quarry. I can read the fucking sign. I thought we were headed for an army base. Some medical site. Uh-huh. So did they. What the hell are you talking about, Mysterio? You are really the dumbest little fuck I ever met. Look around you. Fourteen bays. All these other trucks. What are they doing? They're all backed up to the quarry's edge. Uh-huh. And check out Bay 9. What the hell? You put two and two together yet, kid? Fuck me. No, fuck them. I'm guessing you can figure out who those guys are around Bay 14. Yeah, I guess so. At this point, I flip this switch. The crew rolls the trailer back off the rig to the drop zone. And our work here is done. They sign the paperwork, we take the paperwork back to Hagerstown, and you check yourself into the infirmary. That's so. Let's take a walk outside so I can teach you something else about this job. All right. You're going to teach me to slap fight, uh-huh. Get those hatches open. And I don't give a fuck who you think up. you are. I'm just going to come over there hey, and... Kid. Keep back a bit. Don't fucking tell Suit me what... yourself. Fuck! Hey, kid. What? Don't drop the box until they're done moving. You don't fucking mouth to me, bitch. You think you're tough? Get your bitch ass back up here and show me. Shit, the front edge is loose. We gotta drop it now. We gotta drop it. Get some guns up here. You two, get this rig out of here. What the fuck did you idiots do? The fireworks factory inside there? I didn't fucking load the thing, asshole. Just drop it in the quarry. Let the lake put out the fire. Fuck you. Jesus, you want your rig to go up? Come on, man, let's go. Shut the fuck up. Get a crew up here, it's buckling. What? Shit on this, man. Where the fuck are you going? Oh, That's my me. rig, bitch. Not so long. Wait for me, kid. Sorry, just following orders, dumbass. Ah! Oh! Oh! What? Oh! Fuck! Oh! Again? Oh! Mr. Peters, uh, your heart monitor's uh, back. What's the matter? Uh, uh, nothing. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was just laying back thinking about, about you and those legs. <laughs> got to admit, it got my heart pumping. Uh, that's disgusting, Mr. Peters. Mrs. Peters would not approve. Oh, stop. The only thing pumping hard in this room is my heart. And that's only for a while longer, I guess, darling. So give an old man a pass. Or make one. Uh, or you can just ignore me. Yeah, like that. Good job. I've changed out your bags and added a mild sedative to your drip, Mr. Peters. You should feel relaxed now. 
Your 2 p.m. appointment is here. Are you up to... Yes! Oh, absolutely! Not many people in this new sanitary and saintly fucking world remember I'm a goddamn national hero. Very good, Mr. Peters. You may come in. Please ping me in the dining room if you need me, Mr. Peters. Kenneth, how are you feeling, dear? Feeling well. Seeing poorly. Hearing all right. Rest is working out as well as can be expected. Who's this skinny little shit? Mr. Peters? Mr. Peters, hi. My name is Mark Shearer from National Public Podcasts. You talked to Megan, my producer. Is this a good time? Oh, so Megan's not coming? No, she just produces back in Denver. Is that a problem? Uh, I guess no. I was just hoping to get inside of her before she got inside me, you know. Kenneth! Oh, stop it, Emmy. I'm trying to get into the mindset of 30 years ago. If this is a bad time, sir, I can come back. Good a time as any, boy. 30 years ago ain't getting much fresher on my mind, you know. Besides, the sleeper must awaken, like they used to say. Well, okay. It's nice to meet you, sir. As Megan mentioned on the phone, we're doing a story about the war. I know. Ever since they had that little outbreak in Denver, everybody wants to look back on the big one. Little outbreak? Mr. Peters, over 200 people were killed. Oh, 200. <laughs> that was about a night's work for me. On a slow night. You and your glossed-up romanticism. Don't care much for it. Everyone makes the war sound like some big movie. You all lower your voices and whisper about it, but you don't know what you're supposed to be so horrified about. Well, I hope we can get the real story from you. It's been a long time, and frankly, there aren't many men like you left to talk to. Sit down, boy. You look like you're waiting for me to hand you something in a big red bow so you can run the hell out of here. No, I... Son, I'm an old man. That smell you're smelling? Stale shit and Vaseline. If it helps, you can think of it as an air of authenticity. What the world smelled like back then. Sick and dying. Sit down. Oh, Kenneth. Would you like a drink, Mr. Shearer? Thank you, I'm fine. Well, I'll leave you two alone then. Just hit the button if you need me, Kenneth. Of course, dear. Mr. Peters, I'm really very appreciative of your time, sir. Yeah, well, seeing I've got a lot of time to kill laying in this bed, waiting for my heart to fail. What do you want to know? This is for a podcast that's a sort of internet show like television or radio. I'm actually using this device to record video and audio to... Boy, what year is this? What? Uh, year 27. Christ. 30 years ago was the year of our Lord 2011. Don't know why you all went and changed the calendar. It's taken you people 30 years to get back to the level of technology we had then. What you're showing me ain't new except to you. Uh, so say your fucking piece. Well, um, I'd like to record your memories of the time, where you were and what you did, but 
I'd also like to talk a little bit about the Googies. The Googies? Yeah, well, you're one of the only people on record that is said to have met them, even worked with them. For them, boy. And back then, you worked for whoever was keeping you fed and alive. Sorry, I understand. No, boy, you don't. No one who wasn't there understands. Ain't your fault, but it's the truth just the same. No, I just meant that you weren't part of that group, a sect, uh, organization. <laughs> How about we start at the beginning? Give you a little perspective, huh? I'd like that, thank you. Well, like I said, boy, life was different back then. When the war started, I was 26. I'd been working most of my life, since I was 15 or so. No family, no kids, no wife, <laughs> thank God. Some kids went to work stocking shelves or waiting tables. When I turned 17, I took this job jockeying a register for some mom-and-pop video store. Well, one day the till came up short, and Pop thought I had something to do with it. I punched him in the crotch for calling me a liar and headed over to the city labor pool to sign up for real work. Uh, the pay was enough to get me by. Yeah, it's three times what they were paying to scrub dishes or, uh, or fold sweaters. The thing was, you had to be strong. You had to work hard and be there when they needed you. You also had to not be scared of these huge, stupid brutes who weren't trained to do nothing but move big things or break them. You know the type, kid. Dropouts, burnouts, criminal types. Most were just there to make the rent or to stay out of jail. Some, though, they would shove an arm up your ass and make you their personal muppet if you disturbed the air they breathed. Me and about a hundred bigger, older guys. Men who couldn't get work anywhere else. Men who could barely read words off the page, but who could rip a fence post out the ground with one hand and throw a new one into place with the other. Guys who were just one missed support payment away from jail. Again. Every morning, rain or shine, I stood out there, in the rain, uh, the big men got to stand under the awning, waiting for some idiot in a truck to come up and pick a dozen of us. I learned you didn't want to look pretty or happy. You wanted to look hungry. You wanted to look ready to work. This was still before the war? I heard life was good before the war. It was. I imagine for the guys who owned those big shiny trucks, it was pretty good. For a lot of folks, though, times were as tough as life wanted to make it. Tougher if you didn't stand up and fight it every damn day. I got jobs clearing out squats downtown, tearing out walls and ripping up floors. I worked clearing vacant lots or digging ditches, scaring homeless folks out of private property. Anything that ended the day with cash in hand. And since I could put a few words together without dropping an F-bomb, the men with the money started looking for me. 
offering me work outside the labor pool. Eventually, I got work full time. Worked five years without missing a day or fucking up. Well, fucking up too bad anyway. And the boss got me certified to drive a loader and a forklift. Then, trucking school to learn the old 10 gear rigs. So I signed on to drive the Popcorn Express. What's the Popcorn Express? Now, remember me telling you that we did whatever job we could get? Well, when things got out of hand, hospitals and medical centers needed to get rid of a lot of bodies real quick. The military kept up a stretch of Interstate 81 between Hagerstown and Martinsburg. Me and like, like 12 trucks ran disposal out of the Hagerstown depot. It was like its own little city. Helicopters in and out all day. Dropping shipping containers onto trailers. We'd drive out in shifts with crews and dump the containers into this huge quarry near Martinsburg. Thousands. Tens of thousands. Maybe hundreds, I don't know. Served the whole East Coast. We'd load up, make the trip, wave to the eaters along the barricades, honk at the other drivers, or give them the bird, you know, whatever, drop the load into the quarry, and deadhead back to Maryland. <laughs> Pardon the pawn. <laughs> In three months, containers started piling up started piling up on the surface of the water in the lake at the quarry's bottom. They'd split open as we dropped new containers down on top of them. And bodies would spill out. They'd bob across the lake in green-brown swirls of filth and oil. Uh, should I go on? Um... Well, you know that for a while, it was just bodies. The dead dead. But after a while, things got worse. And the Popcorn Express was born. What do you mean it got worse? Well, after a while, you knew the drill. P-A-I-N was 100% fatal. 100% reanimation rate. Hospitals couldn't keep up. Hell, morgues and crematoriums couldn't neither. At one point, people decided that everyone would reanimate, infected or not. So old people, the sick, the infirm, anyone who the local governments couldn't help got shuttled to a care center in Hagerstown. What kind of care center? The kind of care center that looks like a big hole in the ground filled with transport containers. You mean living people? Yes. Most were infected. But eventually, as the cities fell and the public relations folks and the press stopped being a problem, those containers started landing on my rig 
with everyone from tuberculars, H1N1, cancer patients, the elderly, mentally ill, the disabled. My God. Not something you hear much about in the history casts or in your Wikipedia. But the tinfoil hat boys are right. It was an ugly time. I guess I... I should be telling you... should be telling you this with a little more, uh, what you call it, sobriety, uh, solemnity, maybe a wince of guilt. But, you know, like I said, it was, it was just, it was what we done. I wasn't a doctor or a politician, just a truck driver. I drove that road hundreds of times, dropped container after container. Eventually, I didn't stop to look and see the container fall. I couldn't. I took the night runs, even though they were more dangerous. Stupid pirate fucks would sometimes try to hijack our rigs. Dumbasses would break down the barricades and block the road, not realizing that when they opened the container, they'd be swimming in bloody eaters. Then we'd have to call in a cleaner to cleanse the area, rebuild the wall, all that shit. Living people? In with eaters? Yeah. They were checked in at Hagerstown. Rolled next door to our so-called inpatient wing. Shot full of Thorazine and loaded like cordwood in the container. If an eater rose up inside, you were fucking a sure the whole container'd be rocking with him by the time you hit the drop. One time, one time, I had the trailer rocking so bad from those fucks, it nearly knocked me off the road. So one night, I get back from a rough haul. I won't, I won't make you any sicker by telling you what I carried. And there's a guy there. Herbie, he says. I've got a job for you. Herbie? Who's Herbie? I'm Herbie. <laughs> it was my nickname. Yeah dispatcher caught me in the back of a Volkswagen with a hooker one time, and the name stuck. Anyway, that's all prologue. You know, like they say, the past is... Yeah. Yeah, well. Well, one night, I met this cadaver-looking motherfucker. Looked like the head of a penis sticking out of a bad suit. France said his name was. What kind of job? Same as you're doing now. Transport. What kind of transport? Does it matter? Are you enjoying carting corpses to the dump every day? No, but I enjoy this part. Lenny? Here you go, Herbie. One carton of smokes, one pack of willy wraps, a shirt, toothpaste, and... Wait for it. Castro said this was for pulling his route last week while he had the shits. Ah, oh, a whole bottle of wild turkey. See, that's what makes life worthwhile, Mr. Uh... France, Mr. Peters. Your dispatcher tells me you are his most reliable driver. 
I actually had to bribe him to even let me speak to you. I'm honored. So now what? Take your ill-gotten booty back to your little cot at the back of the warehouse, smoke, drink, and jerk off until you pass out? You make it sound so romantic. For a case of this stuff, I'll let you videotape it. Look, Mr. Peters, our concern needs drivers. We're setting up a new provisional government in north-central PA. Some people up there are doing okay, but they need leadership and... Provisional government? Oh, warlords. Awesome. I hear there are three of them up that way. You need someone to transport through hostile territory to don't shit his pants or drop his cargo at the first sign of trouble. Actually, it's a lot more stable than you think. The reason we're looking here is because we need people who work hard, work well, and don't ask a lot of questions. How about ones who are loyal? Because I, I really like how well and reliably I get paid here. I like my cot. I like my PlayStation. I even like the kid these guys pay to pretend she's my girlfriend every Friday night. I see. Well, it will cost me to convince your boss to let you go. Huh. Well, uh, that's not my problem. Thanks for thinking of me. I just finished the week where I deposited the population of Dover, Delaware into an old quarry. Gotta get down to drinking and jerking and passing out. Take care. What the fuck are you looking at, fat man? Are you stupid or just proud? On a good day? I'm usually one or the other, jackass. See, I didn't figure you for either. Nobody stupid, stubborn, or proud can survive out here. So I think... Hmm, yeah. I think you're getting soft. There are about 50 drivers here in this site. You could just cross me off your list and move on to contestant number two. So it sounds like you need me. Why? Well, because you have a reputation to not give a wet flying fuck about what you're transporting. Well, there is that. But so what? Your current employers tell me your loyalty is absolute. So long as you're paid and left alone, you would skin and dress your own grandmother under orders. Boy, I sure hope that's on my next performance review. And you drink yourself stupid on your night off, and spend the next day sleeping it off. You do nothing but drive, drink, eat, screw. Ah, life is good. What's the alternative? Drive. See the world. Meet new people. Rebuild the world. No thanks. Security. Status. Power. Cut the shit. Who needs to die for all this to be mine, Melmoth? Oh, it's not about taking lives anymore, Mr. Peters. It's about saving them. That man, France. Who did he represent? The Gujis? Nope. He was with the uh, Happy Valley Militia. You know about them? Who doesn't? Well, France was one of them generals. But he, he didn't call himself that. It was, uh, it was the only non-douchebag thing about him. He said he couldn't tell me much about the job. But he did tell me a lot about the pay. What did the job pay? Uh, the triple crown, young man. 
gas, ass, and grass. Sorry, I don't follow. welcome you to the crossroads. To get your mind off the cold, here's something hot. Shadows and shades, put your hands together for the crossroads. Mistress of leather and lace, India Argento.
Thank you. Thank you. Isn't she fantastic? I think every guy in this place would kill every other man for a shot at her. And a few of the women would, too. I can make her yours as a signing bonus. Hmm. Uh, too high maintenance for me. Anyway, quit courting. I hear you're paying my people to cut my hours. Cute power play. You realize that when half these idiots call in drunk tomorrow, I'll be the only one they can put on the road. Maybe not. The HVM is taking over the site that delivers your... cargo here. We think we can cut out the middleman and just airdrop the containers ourselves. Besides, from the look of these people, there aren't too many healthy, able-bodied people you can sift from the mob that comes in anymore. So you're going to shut down our operation to get me to work for you? No, we're taking over this operation. So either you start work for us tomorrow, or you wait and take a smaller, less profitable position with us later. Huh. Well, I guess I'm all yours then. All right, Francie, what's the first job? First things first. It's important that you meet the other members of your team. It's kind of a tradition. Why would I care to know someone who may well die tomorrow? Just show me the truck and I'll get it over with. Well, the answer to your question is that your employer will feed and water you very well tonight. And your partner on this mission isn't just your partner. She works directly for your employers. She knows more about your assignment than I. Oh. Well, there she is. Coming through the crowd now. Through the smoke like the devil herself. Stop staring at my breasts, pervert. Sister Jojovich, Joe, this is Herbie Peters. Herbie Peters. Ken. Ken Peters. Hate that name. Well, at least she's easy on the eyes. And that outfit ain't like no habit I ever saw. Sister Joe is excellent with most weapons, an excellent improvisational operative, and depending on what time of day in her mood, she is an unstoppable killing machine. Pleasure to meet you, Ken. You speak English. Better than you, sugar. I thought you were Russian. Hmm. Not always. What the hell does that mean? Later today, maybe, or maybe in 15 minutes, perhaps next week. Maybe I will be that Russian again. I will say she's not as impressed with you as me. I like you. You look like you could stop a bullet with your pecs while swinging a girl to safely across a jungle chasm. You're fucked up. <laughs> not yet, honey. Buy me a drink and that could change. Whatever. I need to go inform your dispatcher of your sudden career change. You kids get to know each other. Tomorrow's a busy day. BTW? Neither of them are Russian right now either. What? What color are my eyes, sugar? Don't know. Don't care. Perfect. It's like the old uh, philosopher Diogenes uh, said, uh, if you don't want people staring at your tits, why do you put so much effort into drawing attention to them? <laughs> Drink? <laughs> Kentucky bourbon. Right. <laughs> hey, you with the face. Two of those, eh? You know where we're headed? 
Yes, Jojovich tells me that the area is hot with over a hundred thousand hostiles. No factions except at the center of the Makwa Preserve at the top of the mountain. Jojovich tells you. The Russian. She is very good. And who are you then? I am Joe. Oh, of course. Will、uh, Jojovich be joining us for the mission? Yes, probably. Would you,、uh, would you stop fucking with me? I am not fucking with you, Kenneth. We are going to the Makwa Resort in New York State, dropping off supplies and picking up the shipment. It will be a five to ten hour drive, depending on obstacles. We will be carrying fuel with us, and we will receive additional fuel when we arrive at the site. The shipment. You know what that is, so we don't come back with magic beans. Yes, nineteen children, aged seventeen down to three. Kids, fuck. Nobody said nothing about living cargo. I understood that the cargo didn't concern you. Yeah, but I mean, we got a twelve-hour ride through hostile territory with nineteen brats stuck in the back of the truck. So. <sighs> And they all got to get back alive. More or less. Just make sure the truck can make it there and back. There's no AAA, and that looks like pretty steep fucking mountain. Trust in the Gucci's, Kenneth. They will provide. Right. Whoever they are. You're not a man of faith, are you, Kenneth? Why? Everything I ever heard is that God makes everything happen for a reason, good or bad. He's got some.、Uh, He's got some unknowable plan.、Uh, so if he's going to do what he wants, why the fuck should I pray to him? I sometimes think that way. Then I see something so wonderful and magical that I just, I just know. Well, good for you. You know, there was this guy who lived on my block back in Winchester. He lived on disability and welfare. Watched Fox News all day. Every damn day, except when he came out to his front stoop on Saturday morning and bitched to everybody about what's wrong with this fucking country.、Uh, every Saturday he'd start in the morning and just rail on shit to the neighbors. Motherfucker had maybe a high school education, not married, no kids, never went out, never read the paper, but the fucker knew exactly what the world needed to get fixed. Fucking Jesus! So you tell me the difference between that guy and a bunch of guys in robes who spend their entire fucking lives living apart from everybody else, reading one book and making up new meanings for it amongst themselves? Why, cynical atheist! How novel in this world, and how joyless and naive! Well, it beats getting disappointed when God decides it ain't your turn to see the right thing done. You know, my world ain't changed. It's everybody else that's wondering what the fuck happened. And what happened? You had to start earning your keep again. Every fucker who ever stared at me in a store or gave me the stink eye when I walked in off the street, those fuckers are probably dead or worse off than me. And if you want to thank God for that, feel free. Hmm, that's a good way to look at things. Self-reliance, accountability. 
You're not someone who blames others for the wrongs in his life. True. If someone got the best of me, it's all on me, isn't it? We picked the right man. Whatever. What finally convinced you to join us? Join you? I'm just doing the job. Why, of course. But why did you take the job? Steak? Beer? More beer? Sleep? That's ambitious. Look, sister, I ain't in this for your revolution, and I'm not in it for you, princess. I expect to be well paid. I'm in it for the money. <laughs> That's a start. Honk, honk, Herbie. Hey, I'm a talking to you. Beep, beep. Who is this charming fellow? Oh, hello there, too, big boobs. Honk, honk. Uh, oh, don't look at me like that, Harvey. Stuff like that all wrapped up like Christmas, you gotta just grab them, you know? Uh, uh, oh, come on, sweetie. It's like knocking the melons in the supermarket. Gotta know if you're ripe. Hello? Are these things on? Charmin, you challenge my faith in Darwin's theories. Hey, you're not going to stand up for your date, comrade? Well, she's not going to kick your ass, Crump. I sure ain't going to waste my energy. Yeah, save it for your whore here. You don't even blink, do you, Joe? Why should I concern myself? He can have me just like you, if he pays the price. Oh, really now? Hey, the Crump don't pay, lady. The Crump. Gets paid. How thoughtful and original. You should put that on t-shirt. The kind without sleeves, I think. Yeah, baby. How much would you pay for... This? <laughs> if they wash my truck, I give you a pack of cigarettes. Hey, come on, baby. These guns are high caliber. Check this. Oh, uh, you know how many asses I had to beat to get these abs? These arms? Would there be any point for me to tell you you're trying really hard to proposition the hooker? Here, darling. Have another drink. Hey, see, Herbie? You can't even keep a sure thing. Thank you, darling. You still eat cat food. This little tart here keeps stealing runs from the rest of us boys. He did six runs in one day. Ain't fair. Life ain't fair, shithead. Yeah. One of these days you're gonna pull out of here with a bum rig and you're gonna get stuck out there with a box full of popcorn. And you know who's gonna be there to put your ass down? Dashboard Jesus? Me, fuckhole! Two to the head! You know what, Conan? I think your time's come. I think you need to get an inside look at your own ass. Boys, boys, please. 
crab, big strong crab. Are you big everywhere? Yeah, yeah. I'm big all over, baby. Show me. But what? Right here. Show me your big strong man penis. Right here. Slap that fat beast right here on this stool. Lay it out for me and everyone else to see. And I'll give you a night to remember for the rest of your life. On the house. Huh? Uh, really? Oh, Christ. Barkeep. I want to upgrade the moonshine. Bring me something flammable. You sure you want to see it here? I absolutely want to see it here, on the stool, in all its turgid glory. Uh, one thing you, you need to know about Jojovich. Aside, aside from her obvious issues, she hated people. Not, not all of Joe, but Jojovich hated men. She just, she just loved toying with big, tanned, frosty-haired idiots. You, you know, you know how some guys torture animals to get their yayas. Well, when you heard Russian, bad times were a coming. Mr. Peters, I appreciate the memories, but isn't this a bit of a digression from... And this guy was drunk and dumb enough to do just as she asked. <laughs> he slopped his junk out on the stool for her with this big, dopey grin on his face, like he was showing off his firstborn son. <laughs> Another thing you need to know about Joe is that she kept her thick, dark hair up with three long hairpins, two crosspins to keep her hair up, and one down the middle made of stainless steel that she'd used to... You are absolutely right, darling. It is a magnificent specimen, so much so that I felt the need to capture it. Gucci's Part 1 stars James Baxter as Ken, Brian Lincoln as Mark and Lenny the Dispatcher, and Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Joe. Also featuring Ron Runeberg as Scott, Ginny Swan as Woman in Truck, Carol Stokes as the Site Dispatcher, Kurt Arndt as Crew Person 2, Bernadette Groves as Crew Person 1 and the Nurse, Mandy Burbank as Mrs. Peters, Eric Avedisian as Franz and Kromp. Scott Pig as the MC, with Jenny Swan performing as India Argento. The episode was written and directed by Jay Smith. Show running and production by Ayub Koti. Line and vocal direction by Laura Nicole. Editing by Brian Lincoln and Scott Pig. Sound effects and Foley engineering by Scott Pig. Engineered, mixed, and mastered by Michael L. Stokes. Music direction by Michael L. Stokes and Jay Smith. Featuring music by Michael L. Stokes, Kevin McLeod, and Jonathan Colton courtesy of the Creative Commons license. Musical arrangement for Pull the String by Ed Creamer, with permission from Jonathan Colton. HG World is a production of 3015 North Studios and includes content used with permission under the Creative Commons license.
For more information on this production, visit us online at www.goodmorningsurvivors.com, join our Facebook page, or follow Todd Rage on Twitter with the handle at HG underscore world. <laughs>